on the block on demand. Without Jerry McNamara, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. Two seconds and one. It's 10 wins in a row for the crunch. It's the biggest upset in the Carrier Dome in more than 30 years as the Orange hold off the defending national champions. They beat Clemson. The Bills make me wanna shout. McCoy in the backfield, takes the handoff, runs up the middle, breaks a tackle. He's inside the 10, cuts to the left, into the end zone. Buffalo wins. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win by 20. They look at the positive side of things once in a while instead of the negative all the time. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Oh, it's a new open. It's a new era. It's a new time in life. On the Block. On the Here on ESPN Radio 97.7-100.1. ESPN Radio Utica. Rome, what's happening, Mohawk Valley? You can listen on the ESPN app. You can watch us on Facebook Live. You should do that. Like we got stuff now. I come back, I go on vacation. Come back. We're on Facebook Live, and like there's stuff in here. This looks like a cool radio studio that we would actually want to look into on Facebook Live. So you can do that. Lots of ways to take in the program, lots of ways to participate in the program. So why don't you do that? 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter. And the text line is 2880644. Happy New Year, everybody. Great to be back here in 2018. Hope you had, hey, we got that right. Fantastic. That is correct. Usually you, you screw that up. I will screw that up at some point here and say that it's 2017. But first time out of the shoot, we got it right. Hope you had a glorious holiday season. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and everything in between. It's been a while since we've been here. We took some time off at the end of the year, but we are back, and we are going to talk some Syracuse basketball today in something that I wonder if you're ready for. That, that is going to be my theme today when we discuss Syracuse basketball. And we will. This is, <laughs> this is another little thing we got to talk about here in a moment. But we, when we talk Syracuse basketball, I, I wonder if you guys are ready for this. I think you are. I just kind of want to check. We will do hot takes as usual. Usually done on Monday, but we're coming back on a Tuesday. The blind side is back. In 2018, Seth will have 10 questions for you, me, and everybody, and he's the only one who knows. Locked down like Fort Knox. Our buddy Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, Sal Capaccio, will join us later in the program. So we have got plenty to do here. I do have to report, though, that over the holiday break, I got a fever. Yes, I, I, I have to tell you that I got a fever. And you know, a lot of people get sick this time of the year, coughs and colds and sinus infections and all that. And I, I caught a fever, and I am, I am sorry to report that there is no cure for this fever. Do you want to know what it is? 
Do you want to know what that that fever is that I got over the break? Do you, do you, do you want to know? Do you, you want to know? It's playoff fever. The bills make me wanna shout. Yeah, yeah. that's what I got. Because for the first time since Bill freaking Clinton was the president of the United States, when Destiny's Child was still together, when Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and every gram and Snapchat you can think of and everything that you enjoy in life in the year 2018, got it right, second time, didn't exist. Because the last time your Buffalo Bills were in the playoffs way back in 1999. That's a long time ago. Make me wanna Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Tell him, Chris. Andy Dalton, I love you. Andy Dalton, I love you. Ravens trying to end it here. Fourth down. Dalton steps up. Dalton throws. It's complete. Caught by Boyd. Tyler Boyd. Touchdown. Remarkable. The Cincinnati Bengals have stunned this crowd. Andy Dalton, you ginger, you, you red rocket, you, you are the greatest human being that walks the planet today in 2018. And their fate is on the line at M&T Beck Stadium in Baltimore now. And of course, uh, Bills fans now rooting for the uh, Cincinnati Bengals. Fourth down and 12 at the Ravens 49. Dalton catches the football. He's back to throw. Inches up in the pocket. Throws. Yeah. Caught by Boyd. Get in. The 10. Yeah. The 5. Touchdown. Yeah. Bengals lead with 44 seconds to go. The cheering you here is the Buffalo Bills locker room. And a medium in Buffalo. Andy Dalton, I love you. Particularly because on the play before that, it's third and fifteen, and you're you know you got everything on the line. Particularly every Bills fan in the world that is watching and hoping that you make a play. Let me just put you in that moment for a second here. Imagine, if you will, and I would not wish this on my worst enemy. In this moment, because now Andy Dalton is my favorite person on planet Earth. But in that moment, your playoff hands, your fate, is in the hands of somebody else. And this somebody else happens to be Andy Dalton, okay? And it's third and 15, and Andy Dalton checks down. He throws the ball three yards. And it just, you're killing me, Smalls. We got the playoffs on the line here. So then fourth and 12 comes. Fourth and 12 against the Ravens' defense. Andy Dalton, who has not made a play in the words playoffs or around the playoffs in his life that has mattered, comes through and makes that play. And it puts the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs for the first time since home run forward lateral. January 17th, two, or pardon me, January 8th, 2000, following the 1999 season. You know what I just said? I just said the Bills are in the playoffs. Hit it again! 
again. Hit it again. The bills make me wanna shout. Kick your heels up and shout. Throw your hands. All right, I'll spare you a second time. But listen, this is a long time coming. As a fan of a professional sports team, you should not go that long with your team missing the postseason. Because, in fact, that was, and how great, that's a good word, was the longest playoff drought in the four major American professional sports. Seattle, it's on you now. You can take it. It's yours. Good luck. There's a phrase in sports, right? There's, there's, there's a phrase that you got to be careful about in sports, and that is just happy to be there. Well, we're the happiest, just happiest to be there on planet Earth right now. 2018 is the greatest year in human existence because this will be the year that the Bills will be back in the playoffs. Now, are they going to beat Jacksonville on Sunday in the Doug Marone Bowl? Push me, push, I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. Probably not because the best way to beat... Jacksonville's around the football because they've got a pretty porous run defense. And LaShawn McCoy probably will not play in this game. But you know what? The Bills can win this game for no other reason than they've got nothing to lose. They're not supposed to be there. Blake Bortles is still Blake Bortles and many other reasons that I will go over and we will discuss throughout the week. We don't have to break down the game today. But listen, Bills fans, no matter what, have shown up through the cold, the snow, the wind, the rain, everything. And they had no reason to because more often than not, they would walk away disappointed. They would walk away with some freakish thing happening, and there are too many games to count and to list here, starting with home run forward lateral on January 8, 2000, and right up until you got the ball in Andy Dalton's hands on 4th and 12 with the playoffs on the line. Too many things have gone wrong, and they've expected it to go wrong, and they've been let down too many times and gone through too many head coaches and general managers, and they just keep coming back, and they keep showing what faith and loyalty is all about. And they have no reason to. They have no reason to other than to try and connect with the glory days, to go back to Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Andre Reid, the four straight Super Bowls, or even before that. Bills fans are blue-collar. They are hardworking. They are the definition of loyalty. And they have no reason to be. You know, up until something I'm about to mention here, you know, Bills fans are noted nationally for what? For jumping through tables, right? And obnoxious things at tailgate parties and things I can't even say on the radio that they do. But you know what Bills fans are known for today? They have donated, as of this moment, and it keeps getting higher, over $100,000 to Andy Dalton's charity. Somebody came up with the idea, and in this world where things go viral quickly and they can grow, and you see the positives of what social media can be. How amazing is that? It's not just, hey, let's get on Twitter and say, attaboy. 
to Andy Dalton. They are literally putting their money where their mouth is. And might I remind you, these are a lot of people in Western New York who don't have a lot of money to throw around. Or Bills fans all around the world who get to do this. And they're donating in $17 increments to represent the 17-year playoff drought, which is now history. It is rearview mirror. It is behind us. And it is this team, a team that, let's be honest, and I said it many times throughout the year, that we felt was, you know, use whatever word you want to use. Tank was a little strong, rebuilding. But as I said many, many times on this show, no matter how I felt about the state of this team, that when Sean McDermott came in for Rex Ryan, okay, Rex wait, Ryan, so, that when you ask for change, you get change. And that Brandon Bean at the general manager spot and Sean McDermott had to establish what they wanted to establish. And that meant that Marcel Darius and Ronald Darby and Sammy Watkins and people that for whatever reasons, financial or otherwise, did not fit with this team were shown the door, shown the door quickly, and that a general manager that actually has connections throughout the National Football League, people that will pick up the phone and make deals with, made deals and shaped the team in their image. And the Nathan Peet thing, that I mean, that happened. Despite all of that, I kept saying, kept looking at it, and somebody we're going to talk to here in a moment kept reminding me that the AFC was a world where if you go 9-7, and seven, and you've got enough key wins, and you get a little help, you will get in. And that's exactly what happened. So there's many people we can talk to today about this, and we are going to talk to Sal Capaccio later. I want to hear from Bills Mafia in central New York today. We are going to talk about other things. If you're not a Bills fan, you're just kind of rolling your eyes right now. But you just you, you got to let me have my moment here. This is 17 years of pent-up aggression coming through on the radio right now. So there's a lot of people we could talk to, but you know, longtime listeners of this radio program will appreciate who we're about to speak with here for a few minutes because there's no better person to talk to about this. He is the owner and the operator and head of many other departments of the beginning to the finest Buffalo Bills bar in central New York, Route 290 East in East Syracuse. Longtime correspondent of this radio program who we have not heard from in a while on the air. But we're about to now. My brother from another mother, Mikey K, is back on the block. And he is back to discuss a playoff team, Michael. A playoff football team. I have to keep saying it. It's, it's surreal, my brother. It is surreal. I, I, you know, you just can't believe it. Let's say, yeah. let's say it again. Let's say it again. Playoff, playoff team. football team. Are you crazy? Team. Who would have thought it? It's amazing. And, you know, Mike and I... Talk every Monday. We have these real deep, in-depth, just, you know, Bill's, big, chat. Bill's chats. <laughs> and we really get into it. And, you know, to his undying credit, every Monday, no matter how down or up the team was or I was, Mike would always say, look, 9-7, and seven, good enough to get you in. 9-7, and seven, good enough to get you in. I like where they're going. And he would talk me out of a lot of foxholes. And here we are at the end of the road. And they're there. So, I mean, I don't know how they did it, so please explain to me, how did they do this? How did we get here? Let me say two words. Sean McDermott, the guy got the team on his back. He, he, he loved the guys. He put love in that locker room. They believed in him. They believe in the fans. Here we go. So they got in. They don't have LaShawn McCoy. They've got a lot going against him. But I look at this team now, Mike, and I speak from a very biased point of view here. But I think all the pressure is on Jacksonville. I think that 
this is a Bills team that, you know, has nothing to lose, has one of the best secondaries in football. That's Blake freaking Bortles on the other side of the field. Mm-hmm. You're, they're in. They're in, and if I had to put money on it, I would probably hesitate at this point given McCoy's injury. But, look, th- there are ways they can win this football game. If they're going to beat Jacksonville, what is the best way there with LaShawn McCoy obviously limited and, and nowhere near what he can do? You're going to pound the middle with, with Murphy and Tolbert and loosen it up a little bit. You're going to have to make Tyrod just start to roll out this way, that way, run a couple design runs, and then throw off of those design runs. I, uh, the guys are with him. Him and uh, uh, Clay have finally started to hook up after, what, three years now. I think that's going to be the key is Charles K. Clay. Mike, we have seen these viral videos all over the country, and the, the Bills have sent them out on their social media feeds, and, you know, it's it's I can't stop watching these things. No, neither can I. I, I. I can only imagine, and I wish I was there. I was not there at the B2 on Sunday. When we can rectify that this Sunday. Yes, yes, we can. <laughs> we can. We can fix that coming up here. But how was the moment when that touchdown throw – went from Andy Dalton into the end zone, just as best as you can describe what it was like in that place. Well, the, the, our game was over, and it was like, yeah, uh, okay. And then we're watching third down. Then it was fourth down, and you're like, okay, please just get the first down. We can kick it and go into overtime. And then it was elation. I mean, it lasted half an hour, 45 minutes. You, just, <laughs> you couldn't talk. People were crying. I was crying. It was, it was crazy. And it's got to happen again Sunday. Oh, we, for sure. We'll see. For I mean, sure. look, we're we're going to start tailgating at 11. There you go. We'll have, we'll have the tables out and everything, 11? too. 11? <laughs> That's late. I, th- I thought you'd start tailgating like Friday night. It's going to be pretty. Uh, yeah, we want to watch the game, too. <laughs> that, too. We want to make it to the game. So, listen, it, Mike, it is great to catch up with you on the air. You and I speak, uh, speak off the air quite often, of course. And a lot of people have been asking about you since this happened and have wanted to hear you back on the air. So, listen, we're going to keep this going as long as the Bills keep going. We'll get you on again later this week. We'll preview the game a little more in depth. We know more about McCoy and some things, you know, injury-wise and health-wise for this team. But, look, you've got to avoid just happy to be there in sports. But, look, we'll take it. We're happy, we're happy to be we're there. We're happy to be there, yeah. Yeah, and everything from here is just whatever happens, happens, right? And as every day gets closer, though, now it's like, how how are we going to win? Because that's how we are. We're Bills fans. Michael, great to catch up. Great to be here with you, brother. Say it again. Playoffs. Playoffs? Playoffs. Talk to you later in the week, my friend. There he goes. Mikey K., our good friend, one of the biggest Bills fans, one of the greatest people that you can find, and you can find him. At uh, Central New York's number one Bills bar, the beginning two. Great to get the B2 happy hour reunion going today. No better day to do it than today. All right, so Bills Mafia, I know you're out there, and you want to let it go. You probably have already lost your voice at this point from all the screaming and crying in a good way. Crying happy tears for once as a Bills fan. But if you got anything left, you know you've got an open invite. On this show today, 437-7644 to do that. As mentioned, we are going to cover some other things today. Got a lot of SU basketball thoughts. College football semifinals last night. Look, you can't get angry at sports. What do I always say? What Colin Cowherd likes to say, and it's a great expression. Love your life and like your sports. You can't get angry about sports. But if I am an Oklahoma football fan today, I'm angry. I am angry at what... Lincoln Riley did 
in the second half of that game. We've got hot takes to come and so much more. We'll come back after this. You're on the block. ESPN Radio here in 2018, a year where your Buffalo Bills. Sorry, America, we're back. We're back in the playoffs. Back after this. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. So here's the question when it comes to Syracuse basketball. Are you cool with rooting for an ugly basketball team? An ugly team that does everything right. An ugly team that is doing things that I think even the most loyal, passionate, diehard Syracuse basketball fan wouldn't even expect. Let's start with what is something this team does not do, and that is they don't score. There are 322 college basketball teams in the country that are better at shooting the three than Syracuse. Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett. Those three right now are averaging 50 points per game. That accounts for 70% of this team's offensive output. Three guys, 70% of the offense. Once you get beyond that, it's a contribution here, a contribution there. Matthew Moyer, sometimes. Merrick Doljai, sometimes, right? But not consistently. So offensively, look, Tyus Battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett are all very talented offensive players. But if one or two of those guys is off and they're going to get the bulk of the attention going forward from ACC teams, you know, you've got to find a way to put the ball in the basket. But Syracuse is doing everything else right. They are rebounding at a top 10 clip. Defensively, they are, as Buzz Williams said, and, you know, I mean, you can measure it out, one of the longest teams in college basketball. They play their ass off. They play hard. They have bought into what they are. This is a team that on January 2nd, with, what, 17 ACC games to go, one in the books over Virginia Tech, has bought into what they are. And there's not a lot of teams on January 2nd that can say, I know what we are. Syracuse can. It's not to say they can't get better and can't improve. I mean, that's what college basketball is. You've still got two more months to go here. But, you know, last year, Syracuse put itself behind the eight ball. They went, you know, overall 2-11 on the road and didn't have a non-conference win of note. And they just were playing catch-up throughout the year. They've got a little leverage. They've got some great non-conference wins. And what they have the ability to do, and Virginia Tech is a great example of this, Virginia Tech was built to beat the zone because they can shoot the lights out from three-point range. And it's not just you've got a sniper or two. They had five players that could shoot the three, averaging over 35% from three-point range. And what Syracuse does is they muck it up. They play in the dirt. They take you out of your game. Syracuse is typically a team that wants to play up-tempo, but Syracuse is at its best when they slow the game down and take a team out of its comfort zone. And, you know, Syracuse still is not the best half-court offensive team. That'll just kind of come as we go here. But when I say, are you guys cool with this, what I mean is, are you cool with winning ugly? Because that seems to be the way this team's going to do it. And ugly is maybe a strong word here because it's beautiful in a way to see a team that rebounds, that 
is 24th in the country in free throws, and you know that warms my heart because free throws matter. Alan Griffin was on with us earlier today on ESPN Radio, Syracuse and Orange Nation. He had a great story about how many free throws they make Pascal Chukwu make before he can leave the court and how hard they're working on it, and that's just it. This is a team that has to bust its hump for everything they get, and they have bought into that. And a lot of teams say that, and Frank Howard was saying that after the Virginia Tech game. Go back. It's in my recap, and Mike Waters wrote about it too. Look at the the quotes from Frank Howard. He said, we're that team. We are that team that has to win this way. Guys, that's half the battle. You have to be a team that wants to win that way because not everybody wants to. You know, I looked at what Jamie Dixon did at Pittsburgh, and Syracuse is not to that extreme, but I always say to myself, how do you recruit players to do this? Because what do college kids want to do? They want to run up and down the floor, offense, score 25 points a game, dunk the ball, woohoo! To get a, a team to buy into rebounding, defense, free throws, you know, the, that's hard to do. And this team has bought in because they know that's how they're going to win. And again, there's talent here. Tyus Battle can shoot the three and is as talented an offensive player as you're going to find. Frank Howard's offensive game has made leaps and bounds. You see some of those three-pointers he was sticking with somebody in his face, by the way, against Virginia Tech. O'Shea Brissett can get to the rim, working on a shot, working on the offensive game, but he's averaging a double-double. He had 19-9 against Virginia Tech. Matthew Moyer sometimes can give you a great performance, but has been back and forth. Pascal Chukwu at some point can do it. He had a career high against Eastern Michigan. Not much of an offensive game against Virginia Tech, so you you have to work your way through that. And this does not change the fact that this team is at DEFCON 3 when it comes to depth. Because Barama did not play, and while he's warming up and is close to it and they haven't pulled the ripcord on the medical redshirt yet, they're close to that. They may have to do that. That's in play. They played six guys against Virginia Tech. I'm sorry. That is going to catch up with you. You cannot go through an ACC schedule and play six guys the minutes that you do, and that won't get you. That won't bite you at some point. You can fight your way through it. You can tell me. You're blue in the face. These are college kids. There's enough timeouts that they can recover. No, I'm sorry. You cannot do that with six players. You're pushing it with seven. With six, you're going to collapse at some point. I'd love for them to prove me wrong on that, but that is what they have to overcome. But they're doing everything else right. They are a selfless basketball team that does what's right. They need a lot of things to kind of flow. I mentioned the Tyus battle, Frank Howard, O'Shea Brissett thing for this team to be at its best. But as long as we're cool here, new year, new you, you kind of try to identify things that you want to believe in this year. And what I'm telling you is, even if we're not used to this, you got to believe in ugly basketball because that is how they'll be successful. Dro and Clay wants to discuss all this and more at 437-7644. What's up, Dro? Happy New Year. And listen, I have Dro, you were cutting out there, but I heard something about the Bills. Ah, oh, buddy, sorry about this. Your phone's just uh, 
not playing nice with us there. So we'll see if we can get Drew on uh, down the road here. Give us a call back, Drew. We'll see if we can get a better connection going there. I think he said something about the Bills and, and the playoffs. And <laughs> you know, the Bills are in the playoffs, you guys. It's uh, Andy Dalton. I love you. Love. You. Let's break on that note, and if we can get Drew back on, we'll see if we can get a better connection there. But we're going to go on the blind side coming up, something we usually do on Mondays. But, of course, uh, being back from the break, today is Tuesday, our first day back. But uh, first time in 2018 to answer 10 questions that we have no idea what's coming. We'll do it next. Stay right there.